Well, good morning, New Life Church. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be back with you all. We continue our study in um, the book of Exodus. We're busy with a series through the Ten Commandments. And this morning I'm going to be covering the, the fifth of these commandments in Exodus 20, if you would take your Bibles there. Um, we may just be extending this uh, commandment over two weeks. Next week we are planning to have the youth emphasis. So I thought it's a very practical passage to be teaching next week as well. Uh, but this is for all of us, for all of us who have parents or have had parents at some point in our lives. This is a very practical um, command, and I'm sure that uh, we can be learning from as well. So this morning I want to start with a quote from Tim Keller about honoring parents. Um, he says this about the, the fifth commandment. He says, it's respect for parents that is the basis for every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. And I think that's very true. The title of my message this morning is A Biblical Understanding of Authority in the Home. Once we understand about our um, duty to be respecting our parents, honoring our parents, it all falls under this issue of authority. And that's really what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, This commandment It's not just for children, but especially for parents. As parents, uh, we do not help our children to obey this commandment. Then it simply means that that we are not taking the first four commandments seriously. And we'll see today that there's a link. There's a link between um, the first four commandments and this commandment this morning. And if we're committed to loving God, um, which should be showing in our commitment to the first four commandments, then we will live an honorable life. And that will be displayed in our, in our homes. And this will help our children to honor us by honoring our God. But more to the point, by being devoted to God. We will be devoted to ensuring that our children are devoted to God as, as well. So let's read Exodus 20. We're going to read the first 12 verses so that we remember the context. Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words, saying... I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall Not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12, which we will be looking at this morning. Honor your father and your mother, 
that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that you have given us your word. We thank you, Lord, for these, these laws as well. And we know, Lord, that we don't interpret them according to our own private understanding, but we interpret them in, quarter, in accordance with the context of the, the scriptures that you've given to us. So we pray this morning that we would not be deceived by the devil who would want us to believe lies, but, Father, that we would see the truth that is here in this passage and that we would submit to it, especially, Lord, as we look at the issue of authority. And sometimes, Lord, for us, that is a hard word to digest. It is a hard word to understand. But we pray this morning, Lord, that uh, you would help us to do just that. We pray, Father, that we would submit to your authority. Just as we sang, Lord, all authority belongs to you. May that not just be words from our mouth, Lord, but may those be words in our hearts, words that we live by. And today, may we be willing to acknowledge your authority in every area of our life, especially in our home. We pray that you would show us, Lord, where we need to repent and what we need to change, and you'd give us the grace to do that, Lord. So we ask again, Lord, that you, would not, that you would help us not just to be the hearers of your word, but the Spirit of God this morning would help us to apply so that we can be the doers of your word and that we would see again the need for your grace. And Lord, we pray that you would protect us from the temptation of wanting to just follow these rules. And our tendency, Lord, is to, is to get straight to the, 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 practic- the practical stuff and to just do the, the, the rules that we need to, to do in order um, to be seen as good. But Lord, you know our hearts, Father. And you know, Lord, that we fall short of your glory. And Lord, we cannot be perfect. We cannot perfectly keep your commandments. So we pray this morning that we would see our need for Christ. And that we would call upon the name of the Lord to help us, Lord, practically um, fulfill these principles in our, in our daily lives for your honor and glory. We ask this prayer. Amen. A survey regarding the relationship between children and parents was conducted in a few different cultures. And in this survey, people were asked to complete the following sentence. I love my mother, but... Dot, dot, dot. So before I tell you the results of this survey, I would like for you to finish that sentence by writing the answer in your notepad or um, answering it in your mind this morning, okay? I'll give you a couple of seconds to answer that. I love my mother, but... I love my mother, but... Okay, remember that answer. Well... As I said, this was conducted in a few cultures. And in Western countries, most children took this as an opportunity to criticize their mother. I love my mother, but here are some of the answers. She is always nagging me. I love my mother, but she worries too much. I love my mother, but she is always yelling at me. I love my mother, but... She is so impatient. 
Or she places too much emphasis on my appearance. Or she makes me work too much. And so on. The same survey was conducted in some eastern countries. And here are some answers from um, the youth in Burma. And most people filled in the blanks very differently. Listen to their, their answers. I love my mother, but I can never thank her enough. I love my mother, but I can never repay her for all that she has done for me. I love my mother, but I can never love her enough. I love my mother, but I can never give her enough honor. Now, much of what we understand authority to be has been shaped by the cultures that we've grown up in. And as our societies have changed over the years, so have the number of cultural challenges and problems have emerged, I'm sure, by the answer of, your, of that question that you answered yourself. But the influence of TV has, has a lot to do with that, what we watch and what we've been exposed to in the home. There can be no respect for authority, especially within the family, if there is little or no respect for God. Where God is not feared and reverenced, there can be little, if any, fear and respect for parents. And before we go any further, we need to remind ourselves that the command to honor our parents is the fifth commandment. It's not the first commandment. We've already looked at the first four, and we've seen that they deal with how we ought to honor God, how our relationship is to be with God. We saw that those were the four vertical commandments. God comes first. And the first four commandments are theological in nature. And these commandments emphasize God and man's obligatory response to Him. We are not to multiply gods, for there is only one God. We are not to create God in our own image, but we are to worship the God who is and how He has revealed Himself to be in His Word. Further, we are to be careful not to trivialize the God who is. We must honor Him in, a, in our thoughts and, and with our words and, and our conduct. And finally, we're to order our lives, as we saw last week, in accordance with his, the sovereign ordering of time. We are to rest on the, on the Sabbath. And we are to imitate God by the rhythm of work and rest. And as we rest, we are to worship God. We are to learn of Him. So we can live according to His image in the six days that, that follow. And I think there is an obvious connection here between the first four commandments and this fifth commandment this morning. Now families that observe the Lord's Day together by worshipping Him together at church are families that are going to have no problem submitting to this fifth commandment. But to disregard the Sabbath is to disregard the Lord. And families that don't honor the Lord on the Sabbath are families that unfortunately are going to have problems in the home. To put it another way, if parents don't honor the Lord, then children will have less inclination to honor their parents. And they won't honor their elders. And so on and so on. And we look at society, and the more secular that it becomes, the more open it becomes to Issues like euthanasia, to issues like abortion, to issues like same-sex marriage, 
to issues where there are no respect for the institution of marriage. As the family goes, so the society goes. In Exodus chapter 20 here, in verse 12, the Bible tells us, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. This is the fifth commandment. But it is the first commandment with promise. The Apostle Paul tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6, if you return there. Ephesians 6 verse 2, the Apostle says, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now Paul is applying this Old Testament law as a principle for the early church to follow in the New Testament. If parents act in a way that deserves such honor, the future is bright. And on the other hand, if children disobey their parents, if they disrespect and insult their parents, the future is not so bright. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. In verse 18, the law says, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Youth, aren't you glad that this morning we are not under the law? But God commanded the death penalty for rebellious children. And dishonor of the parents was seen as a cancer, a cancer that had to be taken out. Remember, the children of Israel were to be different. They were to be peculiar. They were a a holy nation that would reflect a holy God. So this starts with the holiness of God. If we do not understand the seriousness of God's holiness, we will not understand these laws. Now, this didn't mean that a five-year-old could be killed the moment he he did something his parents told him he could not do. I mean, the law applied to a defiant teenager or a defiant young adult, a single young adult living at home who was a habitual troublemaker, a, a drunkard, a person who despised his parents and refused all their advice and refused their, their warnings. And even in the situation Like that, the parents had no authority to kill their own child, as was the custom in some of the surrounding pagan areas during that time. But rather, the death penalty could only be imposed after a hearing by the the governing authorities with witnesses and a judge. But still, it was a hard law for a hard situation. And the severity of this law shows us just how serious it is to despise and dishonor our parents. 
Well, my first point this morning is the meaning. Let's look at the meaning of this law. Let's consider what the command to honor our parents means for us today. First of all, this command affirms the authority of parents. The command here in this verse is to honor. That's the imperative. We are to honor. That's the command. And the Hebrew word for honor is is call badi. And it carries with it the concept of heavy. That's another synonym. Heavy. In In the stem, the particular stem used in this verse, it refers to that which is glorious. It could also be translated as glorious and can be translated by the word glory or glorified. So obviously the concept behind honoring our parents is that of giving their position the, the, the weight, the seriousness of their position as it deserves. And consequently what they command is to be taken seriously. Put in a negative way, we are not to treat our parents lightly. And the point is that a child must not take his or parents, his or her parents lightly or think lightly of them. They must be regarded with great value and seriousness. And honor is not a sentimental word. It's not a sentimental feeling here. Honor is a word that has to do with recognizing and obeying authority. Love and affection are important. I'm not saying they are not important. We, we, we encourage that in the home, of course. And parents should always um, be able to hug their children and children be able to, to kiss their parents. But that is not what this fifth commandment is talking about. It's not talking about affection. It's talking about honor here. And the fifth commandment tells us there is to be a definite structure of authority and obedience in the Christian home. And this command clearly recognizes the authority of parents in the home. And this is seen in other scriptures too, not just isolated here in the book of Exodus. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs. To the book of Proverbs. I think it's on the screen here. Here's the emphasis in the book of Proverbs. (coughs) Chapter 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of thy mother. Proverbs 19, 26. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who begot you. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Proverbs 28, 24. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says it is no transgression, the same is a companion to a destroyer. So authority and obedience are not very popular concepts today. And our culture views it almost as a moral obligation to question and and disobey authorities, whether it's in the government, or whether it's police, or whether it's a teacher, whether it's a pastor in the church, or parents, people today tend to resent authority. People today tend to think that the only opinion that really matters is their own. 
some other times and cultures, people were too quick to, to knuckle down under authority, even when authority was, was wrong. But that is hardly our problem today. Today the situation is, is like the story that I, that I heard. A young boy is asked by his classmates what he's going to do when he leaves school. And the rebellious teenager replied, I want to join the army. That way my teachers and parents cannot tell me what to do anymore. <laughs> he obviously didn't have a clue about authority. But it is alarming that regard for authority is at an all-time low. And even more alarming is that many people think that's the way it should be. Last Friday, we were in Washington, D.C., and we noticed that all the flags were, were flying at a half-mast. We came to learn the reason was because of the school shooting that took place in Texas, where a 17-year-old student killed 10 of his peers and wounded 10 others. I don't claim to know all the answers and solutions that are needed to stop this kind of violence, but I found the following statement on a Facebook video very interesting. The man on the video said, We would not have to worry about gun violence if we taught our children to respect authority. I think there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. Many parents and teachers today refuse to exercise authority over their children. Do you know what these parents and teachers are doing? They are abandoning their God-given right. They are abandoning their rightful authority, their duty. They ought to be giving authoritative, moral, spiritual guidance to children. And kids need to know that their instincts are not always good. We are not born good. We have the propensity, all of our children, all of us have the propensity to grow up and to be an Adolf Hitler. We need to be under authority. We need to be instructed in righteousness. We need parents to help us with that. Children need to know these things. Our values are selfish. We need to be taught moral values, biblical moral values. And this fifth commandment expects parents to exercise their authority in order to shape the lives of their children, in order to mold their minds and to fashion their hearts for God's glory. God would not command children to honor their parents if He had not given parents authority in the first place. One, let me explain this with an illustration. You know, one superintendent asked three stonemasons on a construction project what they were doing. And the first replied that he was laying bricks. The second described his work as that of, of building a wall. But it was the third laborer who demonstrated genuine esteem for his work when he said, I am raising a great cathedral. You give that same question to any two fathers concerning their role in the family, and you'll probably get the same kind of contrasting answers. Now, one father may say, well, I'm supporting a family. But the second may say, and see things differently, and he may say, I am raising children. I'm raising children. The first father looks at his job as putting bread on the table, and that's it. That's where it ends. But the other father sees things 
in an eternal perspective, in God's perspective, as he shapes the hearts and the lives of his children. And what happens when parents lose sight of their duty? What happens when, when parents abandon their authority? And what happens when kids reject the authority of, of good parents? Are the children then free from all authority? We know better than that. All that happens is that those children will fall under the authority of somebody else. They will fall under the authority of something else. And too often, those are bad authorities. Let me conclude this morning with with the final word for, for parents and for children. Firstly, parents. I hope that you're making the connections here. You know, the order that God commands for our existence is grounded theologically. From the Tenth Commandment, from the Ten Commandments, we see here, we learn, number one, we are to love God. Number two, we are to love our family. And then number three, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, which we will look at the next tablet. But whenever this order is upset or ignored, we see chaos. We see chaos that follows. Several years ago, the following article appeared in Time magazine. Carla Wagner, 17, of Florida, spent the afternoon drinking the tequila she charged on her American Express gold card before speeding off in her high-performance Audi A4. She was dialing her cell phone when she ran over Helen Mari Witte, a 16-year-old student who was out rollerblading. And charged with drunken driving and manslaughter, Carla was given a trial date, at which point her parents asked the judge whether it would be okay if Carla went ahead and spent the summer in Paris as she usually does. And clearly, there was a relationship between this girl's behavior and her parents' philosophy and the broader tragedy that resulted. Parents who are not willing to accept their authority and to fulfill their duty as parents will raise children exactly the same. Will raise children that have no idea about authority. And these types of tragedies can be avoided if we take God's word seriously. If we take our role as parents seriously. If we stop running away from our calling to exercise authority. We should not be afraid to impose our, our biblical convictions on our children. We don't want, they shouldn't see us as their friend. They should see us as their parents. Don't be afraid to tell your children what to believe in and how to behave and why they should behave like that. We are responsible to do all of that. We are called to raise our children so that they will honor God as well as us. This would include our being committed to the first four commandments. You see, as parents, if we are not taking the first four commandments seriously, our children will see that. And we cannot expect our children to take this fifth commandment seriously when we ourselves are living a hypocritical life in our home. But if we are committed to loving God, and that is shown by a, by a passionate commitment to the first four commandments, then we will live an honorable life. Not just with those around us, but in our homes, where our children 
are looking. And they will honor us as they see us honoring our God. But more to the point, by being devoted to God, we will be devoted to ensuring that our children are devoted to God as well. We will therefore discipline them according to God's prescribed orders, not to our own imaginations. And the result will be a child who has seen his sin in the light of a, of a holy God. And the child will see his or her inability to, to measure up to the Ten Commandments. And they will learn the gospel truth that Jesus came to save sinners from their sins. And if we are committed to loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then we will live such lives of adorning the gospel that our children will honor our God by honoring us. And Paul warned believing fathers in Ephesians not to provoke our children to wrath. And that's a strange statement, but there's much study there and much truth there. And I suspect that Paul was, was admonishing us to be very careful to live lives that are honorable so as to make it easier for our children to honor us. If we live lives that frustrate our children, if we live lives that are hypocritical, our children will see these things and we will provoke our children to wrath. Parents, we need to be careful that we do not exasperate our children by telling them to behave a certain way when we ourselves are not willing to do that. We live in an opposite way. Let us treat our children with the same measure of grace with which God has treated us. And let us honor God in such a way that our, that our children will be helped in living lives that, that will honor us. In other words, let us be careful to obey our authority structures in the manner in which our children are to obey theirs. When our children reject our God, then they bring shame to us. And vice versa. When they reject or disrespect our authority, then they bring disrepute on the name of our God. And it is clearly in our best interest to bring up our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And when children are taught to obey their parents in the home, and they are being prepared to properly respond to authorities outside of the home. To properly re respond to their employer, to their teacher, to the government authorities, to their, to their pastor. But ultimately they are being taught to submit to God. And this highlights the sobering importance of this commandment when it comes to the eternal welfare of our children. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom which finds its fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish with the last word to children this morning. And this is the command. The, the command is addressed to children. Honor your mother and father. You know, not all of us have perfect parents. You may have a very good biblical reason to not respect their lifestyle or to respect their behavior. And yet you also have a good biblical reason to show them honor, as we see from the Scriptures this morning. The Heidelberg Catechism gives some deep insight into this commandment. 
it says that the fifth commandment requires that I show honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother, and to all who sit, who are set in authority over me, that I submit myself with respectful obedience to all their careful instruction and discipline, and that I also bear patiently their failures, since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. So children, don't rebel against parental authority. Honor your parents. Obey them. Now in God's sovereign, gracious providence, He has given you the parents that you have. With all their weaknesses and with all of their strength, they are your parents. And your attitude must be that of Job. Blessed be the name of the Lord, despite the difficulties and the struggles you may face. We are to love our parents and to honor them for, for Christ's sake. They may not be loving and honoring Jesus like they should, but your honoring of them may be the very means that God uses to bring them to love Jesus. Think about that. Now, children, regardless of the imperfections of your parents, we need to honor them. Honor your father and mother. Well, this is right. This is right. I've run out of time this morning, but maybe next week I will extend the sermon and, and give you some practical ways that you can honor your parents. But this fifth commandment should also be understood in, in light of the gospel. And that's where I want to finish this morning. The gospel reminds us that God is our Father. Even though our parents may fail us, even though you may have had a failed relationship with your parents, we need to remember God is our Father. And that by grace we are brought into His family. And He is our primary source of love. And His love is perfect. His love is, is the Abba love, the perfect love. And if our primary relationship is with Him, then and only then are we able to fully love and honor our parents well. So the final question then this morning is, do you know God as your Father? Have you been brought into the family of God? And if you are honest, you have at one point broken this command, no doubt. You have disrespected your parents. You've spoken behind their backs. You've dishonored them by speaking badly about them to somebody at some point. You are guilty of this commandment, breaking this law. And we've seen from the Scriptures that sin separates us from God. Because God is holy, no sin can be in His presence. James 2 tells us, if we break one of these laws, we are guilty of breaking all of the laws. And this means we stand condemned. If we don't know Jesus, we stand condemned. And only the blood of Christ can wash away our sins. Only the blood of Christ can pay the debt of sin that we owe. If you are a Christian this morning, remember that we can call upon Christ our mediator. We need to apply the gospel to our lives again and again, every single day, especially in our homes. And we need to ask God to forgive us where we have failed in this commandment and trust His sacrifice to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And He promises He would do that. Now God calls every child of every age to show honor to their parents, and to refuse to dishonor our parents, 
He calls us to honor them as the outflowing of honoring Him. He calls us to be people who respect His sovereignty by respecting the parents He saw fit to give us. And in what way is God calling you to show honor to your parents this morning? And as I said earlier, we will not be able to fulfill this commandment if we are not honoring God first. And that's why we have the first four commandments first. If we are failing in those areas, there's no ways we're going to get this commandment right. So this morning, if you're not right with God, don't expect your home to be ordered well at all. This is where it begins. If we want God's blessings in our home, we need to be honoring Him first. And I trust that you would do that this morning. I trust that there is any people here this morning who need to get right with God that you would do that. May today be the day of your salvation. May today be the day that you get right with our Savior. Christians, remember remember the forgiveness that we have in Christ. If we confess our sins, John 1 verse 1 tells us, verse 9, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we do thank you for the institution of family. Lord, we thank you for your sovereign plan in ordering marriage and children and family. Thank you, Lord, that you saw fit that you have given us the parents you have given to us. And Lord, we only have one life to live. Lord, we know that we need to not waste this time that you've given to us by wishing, Lord, that perhaps we were in another family or that we had other parents. But Lord, help us to be thankful for what you've given to us, not to be ungrateful and to murmur and complain. Lord, I pray this morning, Father, that you would help us to see the seriousness of this command. And the weight of it, Lord, for those who were not honoring their parents, Lord, those who were disrespecting their parents, those who lived rebellious lives, were given the death penalty. Maybe, Lord, that would be too hard for us to understand in our own day and age. But as we look around us and we see a broken society, we see people, youth, taking up guns and shooting their peers, shooting their their family members, Lord, we see a broken society. We see broken homes because of these broken values where people have thrown out these commands and have thrown out all these moral convictions. So, Lord, we pray as we study these commandments further, you would help us to see how important they are to our, to our, very, our very lives, especially our homes. And if there are people here this morning, Lord, who who are not right with you, who are simply wanting to tick the box like the rich young ruler did, may you help them to see their need for Christ this morning. Lord, we are not right with you. We have all sinned and fallen short of your glory. And there is none that is good, Father. So this morning we pray that you grant us the forgiveness and repentance that we need, and that we would make right with you, 
that we would make right with our parents, we would make right, Lord, with our children, and that we would commit to being people who are honoring you in our homes. I pray for the youth this morning as well, Lord, that you would help them to honor their parents, not just in their words, but in their conduct as well. And thank you, Lord, for so many youth amongst us, Lord, who are honoring their parents. We pray that you continue to give them the grace to do that. Lord, we pray that we would be a people, that we'll be a church that reflects your holiness in our homes. That we'll be a people, Lord, that love your holiness, a people, Lord, that are willing to submit to your authority over us in our homes. And that we'll be a people that reflect this glory to those around us. May the unbelievers see Christ in us. May they see our love for His sovereign rule over us. And may we be willing to give them an answer of the hope that is in us. So Lord, we pray for all the parents and all the children this morning. And we ask, Lord, that You would help us to be faithful, Lord, with the, with the calling that You've given to us. Help us to be faithful, faithfully fulfilling the duties that You've given us to raise our children in the fear and honor of the Lord, and that us as children, Lord, would honor our parents as we, as we honor you. So, Lord, we commit our, commit our service into your hands. We pray, Father, please, may your Spirit do the work that needs to be done in our homes. For your honor and glory, we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.